Welcome to the Weaving Magic Podcast, where we discuss the different ways to weave magic throughout your daily life. We are your hosts, Alyssa Lilly and Tara Webb, and we are thrilled to guide you in this magical journey of exploration and ritual. Welcome back to the Weaving Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Tara Webb, and today I want to dive into this thought process, this belief that we constantly have to apologize. I am, you know, talking with my boys about this as I say, you know, you shouldn't do that. Or was that a kind thing to do? And the first thing they do is go, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I know that's something that we were taught as children is to apologize immediately. You should immediately apologize. And As I've gotten older, I realize that I constantly apologize for things that I shouldn't have apologized for, that I should not apologize for now. I make excuses for myself, and that's not okay. So I want to dive into that a little bit. Whenever you're saying, I'm sorry, I want you to really think about what does that energy feel? Like, how do you feel when you say that? Are you saying it because you feel like, I have to apologize because I've hurt somebody else or is it I'm apologizing for my existence and I feel that way sometimes. There are times when, you know, I will accidentally do something and so that someone else doesn't get mad at me, doesn't put blame on me. The first thing I would say is I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to, like, I have to justify my sorry as well. Not just justify that it was an accident, justify my existence around making a mistake. In our society, it is very difficult to accept that mistakes are a thing. We tend to think that if we make a mistake, then we're bad. We do not deserve to be loved, that there's no coming back from that mistake. That mistake is going to live on our permanent record for the rest of our life. And that's not true at all. You know, I was talking with a friend of mine yesterday about how important attendance is placed on in school. We go and it's like, well, you've missed this many days. And if you miss this many, you can't graduate. I do see the importance of, you know, going to school and having that attendance there because you have to be there to learn. I get that. But also they place so much importance on like, you know, having perfect attendance. And where does that go? Nowhere except feeling like you constantly have to be somewhere, show up somewhere, be on time every single time. And if you don't, you suck. You have let somebody down. You have let yourself down. You are not worthy of blank, right? It is important to be on time, but we it's, it's become warped in our heads around being on time and being cautious and being thoughtful of others to being perfect and never making a mistake. And I think that is where the I'm sorry comes from as well. So the way that we've begun to shift this with my boys and, you know, with me is that I actually intentionally choose to not apologize unless it is warranted. And that sounds really weird. You know, for example, if I'm getting in an argument with my husband and he's hurt by something I have said, I will not immediately go, well, I'm sorry for hurting your feelings. Because I do not believe that I have hurt his feelings. He has allowed his feelings to be hurt. That also, let me caveat that by saying, 
I do not intentionally say things to hurt people. If the perception is that I've hurt your feelings, you have warped what I've said. Now, will I apologize? You know, if I've said something wrong and for example, if I'm talking, you know, with Alyssa and I call Alyssa, she, when they've specifically asked for they pronouns, I also may not apologize because I, who I am, I will consciously shift that. But if I'm doing that on purpose and going, well, Alyssa's a she, she's this, she's that, then yes, to me, that warrants, you know, I'm sorry for choosing to hurt you in that way. This also goes along with choosing to fix those mistakes instead of a blanket, I'm sorry. When kids are little, you know, they maybe hurt somebody, throw something. With uh, Dominic, my oldest, he would, you know, accidentally hurt the dog and be like, you know, we'll pet him and say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And so he'd be like, sorry, Teddy. And he would just pet, you know, the dog. And so when he would go along after hurting people, and he still does this, um, after hurting somebody, he almost like pets them. Sorry, I'm sorry for hurting you. And that's very valid. You know, I'm sorry for hurting you physically. I'm sorry that something that I did hurt you. That is valid. However, your apology actually means nothing if you have not changed those actions. I think that when people say, I'm sorry, like I said, it's a blanket statement, but they also aren't going on and changing that within them. I'm sorry shouldn't just be, I'm sorry, and that's it. I've dropped it. I'm sorry should be that I'm going to fix my actions and change it so that next time this doesn't happen, right? And so what I'm trying to do is that next time I do something, it's not an I'm sorry. It is I will do my best to make sure that this doesn't happen again. So really this decision to change your actions is more of the apology. When we're talking with my boys and, you know, they hurt each other or they do something they shouldn't do, we intentionally talk to them about saying, you know, next time I will think before saying that. Next time I will choose my words over my hands. To me, that is almost better in some ways than an apology. And this kind of ties into abuse as well, because if someone's constantly apologizing to you, but they don't ever change those actions, you're used to just accepting the apology. You're used to believing that the apology means that they will change, but have they ever actually admitted that they will change? How does this tie in to us as adults now? We wanted our parents, those in an authority figure, to go easy on us. And if we apologized immediately, then there would be less pain, less consequences coming along because we were able to kind of like cut down the amount of anger immediately. You know, I'm breaking a vase. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I broke that. And hoping that our parents or the person's vase it was uh, wouldn't get super angry, wouldn't, you know, put that anger on top of us. In reality, that should have been theirs to manage. Their emotions should not be for us to apologize. Would I have made a mistake breaking that? Yes. 
entirely. But as a child, is that necessarily my fault? You know, kids are trying to get a lay of the land as they go about. Um, my husband gets really frustrated when our kids color on the walls or like do things and our walls are destroyed because they're doing their best. Should we teach them, you know, taking care of their stuff even more so? Definitely. But does that mean that they're not going to make mistakes, that they're not going to, you know, write on the wall or something? No, that's still going to happen. Should they constantly apologize for doing so? No, I don't think they should personally. I think instead it should be shifted around to So let me actually give an example of a conversation. Um, My third child loves to write on things, but he's also at that age. He's about to turn five. So we went up to the playroom where we have a couch and there was the alphabet, I think through A A through H was on the couch. And we specifically have a wall downstairs where they can just color with coloring pencils. And then when they're done, they can, you know, wipe it off to start anew. It's a blank canvas. So we walk upstairs and there are letters on our couch with a pen, mind you. And my husband's like, not again. I'm like, I, I know. And so, you know, I ask him, did you draw on this couch? And also the purpose behind not constantly having to apologize is the honesty. We want our kids to be honest with us and not fear our wrath around being honest. And if they feel like they constantly have to apologize for every single thing that they do, that they're worried that we're going to overreact, that we're going to put our anger and frustration on them, they're not going to be honest with us. They're going to lie about something, hoping that the I'm sorry and the lie will somehow shift that negative energy, that the frustration to where they aren't feeling like they suck as a kid. They suck as, you know, living their life. So we go in and say, you know, did you do this? And my third son was like, you know, yes, yes, I did. Why? Now, kids don't always have a why behind things. Most of the time, they just do it. There's not a lot of foresight. Really, I think until our brain has been more developed around um, upper teens to 20s or so, your brain isn't fully developed. And you, it, it's very difficult to think about the foresight of, you know, this can hurt somebody. I shouldn't do this. And so I do still ask why to see if there is something else there. If I can intuit, (laughs) intuitively know, if I can intuit um, something else that they aren't realizing, you know, why did you hurt your brother kind of feeling? Uh, Because I was so angry. Okay, well, let's look into that. And I'm able to see, well, why was he angry and go back further? He may not have the reason to understand that himself, but that helps me. So, you know, why did you draw on the couch? Because I wonder about my ABCs. Let me tell you, the ABCs on the couch for an almost five-year-old are really good because I haven't taught him that. I don't teach my kids those like tactical how to write things until they are five and a half, uh, six, even if, if that, um, the type of schooling that I go through with my kids are that we don't really start school either until they're seven. There is practical, like learning your ABCs and your numbers and that kind of thing. But we don't really go to like, here's a pencil. You trace that out and you learn that. He has learned through almost like osmosis with his two older brothers, seeing them how they write. And so for me, not really teaching him how to write his ABCs, those are some pretty good letters. And if I focused on, you should not have done that. You have destroyed our couch. This is vandalism in some ways. You know, this is being destructive and not careful and beating him down 
all for what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wouldn't fix it. It does not fix the couch. I'm sorry belittles them into giving us the feeling of, yes, you're right. You should be sorry. That's what the sorry is for. The sorry is actually for somebody else. It's not for that person to understand they've done something wrong. Typically, when we're bringing it up to the person, they know that they've done something they should not have done. Then if you look at telling a kid you should not have done that, why did you do that? This is awful. Such a horrible thing you did. I would kind of be missing that his letters were really, really good for his age. And so we shift that conversation into, well, where do you draw? Well, what things can you draw on? My wall downstairs. Paper. Okay, and if you can't find those things, what do you do? I come to you. Exactly. So that's the kind of conversation we have. I don't ever want my kids to feel like they have to apologize to make me feel better, to make somebody else feel better. This also goes along the idea of, respect is given and not earned. And I don't believe that. I don't believe that my kids should call somebody Mr. and Mrs. if they don't know who they are. I don't believe that they should automatically do what an adult says. I don't believe that there should be respect immediately given when my child doesn't know who you are. By all means, you can be very frustrated by that, but my children need to learn to trust themselves first. So apologizing for something and trusting that what the adult has said is right, even if they feel it's wrong, is going against who they are. So often I have had to figure that out for myself on who am I and should I trust my own intuition on this person, on doing this thing? Let's say spending money. Should I trust myself on spending this money on this certain thing for the house? Well, it could go to bills. It could go to that. But I don't trust myself sometimes because I wasn't allowed to trust myself. Or I was taught the habits around just spending money freely instead of really tapping into the energy around money. And the reason I tie that into sorry, not sorry Sorry that I did this. Sorry that I made a mistake, that we think our mistakes are solid. I have all of this debt and that defines who I am. I said this mean thing on accident to somebody and that defines who I am. I'm never going to live that down. I made this grade in school and that's going to be with me for the rest of my life. That will never go away, right? That all holds a negative connotation to where we aren't allowed to make mistakes, If you are not in learning mode, you are in performing mode. And if you're in performing mode, you cannot learn. Think about when you go on a stage or actors go on a stage, right? Before that, there's all of this rehearsal period and you are not performing because you are learning. You are, you know, this is what the lines are. I'm learning how to say it. I'm learning when to say it, where I should move my body. I'm learning the best way to do this and that and like all this kind of stuff. The second I'm on performance mode, I am giving that to somebody else and expecting that what I'm doing is enough. I say enough because whenever you are an actor or actress is on the stage performing, if they mess up, they have to find a way to fix it immediately. You know, if they drop a line, which means you forget the line, if they drop a line, That means the other actors around them have to pick up and have to be in the moment with them and say, 
uh, oh yeah, 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 that's this, this is this. Like they have to immediately be able to impromptu shift the conversation into what it's supposed to be. If they aren't being present and aren't already understanding what they should be doing, they can't perform that. But they first had to be able to learn. Once they're off that stage, they're back in the learning mode. So as a person, as a child, we have to constantly be in the learning mode. There are times when it's important to perform, to teach, but we're still you know, needing to learn, needing to come back into that model of, I don't know everything. And the only way I can begin to understand that is by constantly being a student, a student of the world, a student of mistakes, a student of tapping in and trusting myself. So I really just wanted to talk about this because it's coming up a lot in my life where I've noticed other people around me are constantly saying, I'm sorry. And the first thing I want to say to that is you're not sorry. Don't apologize for your actions. Don't apologize for taking up space and you know, once again, the thought may be, well, what if I actually hurt your feelings? What if I actually did this and that? I get it. But that's not usually why we apologize. Usually it's, oh, I got off on this tangent. I'm so sorry. No, please don't be sorry because that tangent led to something more beautiful. Or, oh, I missed your phone call. I'm sorry. Well, what were you doing to miss my phone call? Did you look at it and go, eh, I don't want to talk to them right now. Ugh. I mean, even then, that's respecting your own boundaries. Why are you sorry for that? You are not allowing yourself to live in authenticity around who you are and what you are actually desiring and who you are desiring to be. Feeling like you constantly have to apologize gives the air that you have to make an excuse for your existence. Take up space. And, you know, as a woman... I feel like that has been put on us so much that, you know, women have to hide and and, and play small. Children have to hide and play small. Those with wounds, you know, those who are transgender, they have to hide and play small. Anyone who has a different belief than what the common mainstream belief is, you have to hide it. And that's not okay. You should not have to hide yourself. So my goal in bringing this episode to you today and just kind of talking with you is really bringing awareness on how many times you say, I'm sorry. And I'd love for that to be your challenge, our challenge this week. Notice how many times you say, I'm sorry, in just a day, you know, take, take note of it. And if you feel like you're constantly apologizing for something, just stop yourself and say, am I sorry? Should I be sorry in this moment? Was it something that warranted an apology? If not, then say a good way around that is thank you for being patient with me as I'm patient with myself. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for waiting for me. Not, I'm sorry for being late. I'm sorry that I missed that exit. Thank you for being patient. Thank you for waiting until I got there. That has so much more positive energy around it than I'm sorry for blank. So that is your challenge for this week. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and we will see you next week on the Weaving Magic podcast.